0: Thank you for joining us today. Now that Christmas is over, Pastor Rander challenges us with a life changing question How will we live after Christmas Day? The fact that we are able to hear today's message tells us that God has extended His grace to us in a new year, an opportunity to live for Him on earth and ultimately with Him eternally in heaven. Will we do what we've always done? Or will we commit ourselves to consistently seek God, hear God, trust God, And obey God. The Bible instructs us to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not unto our own understanding. Without Him, we can do nothing. With Him, nothing shall be impossible. We must be totally committed to Him, just as He is totally committed to us. He's given us another chance. What will we do with it? Have your Bible close by and have pen and paper handy.
1: Let's pray as we prepare to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Father, we thank you for the privilege of preaching the gospel. We thank you, Father, for who you are and for what you've done. Oh, God, if we ever needed a word from the Lord, is in these turbulent times in which we live. I pray, Father, that every preacher that stands in the pulpit would preach a gospel that's honoring and glorifying, that's biblically correct, that exalts you, the Lord Jesus Christ, that people would see all of what is happening in our nation and world through the biblical lens of the word of God. Anoint me now in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, we're going to continue where we left off the last time. This is point three in the series. Uh, I'm glad to be back in the house of God. I'm glad to be back in God's house. This is where we left off. We're going to continue. We want you to posture yourselves, prepare yourself to take notes. It's going to be some rich nuggets coming forward to you because people need to hear a word from God through you in, in your spirit of living and um, in your neighborhoods and family and on your jobs. This word is not to just stay tucked into your notebook, uh, your diary or whatever. You want to dispense it to people you have relationships with. I'm glad to be back in God's house. The scripture says in Psalms 122 verse 1, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. With that being said, I want to start by saying this. Many people today think that the church is an organization they think it is a social club. They think it is a place to make business connections. Many uh, Christians even think the church is a denomination or a building. But this is not a biblical understanding of what the church is. What is the church? What is the church? The word church comes from the Greek word ekklesia, which is defined as an assembly or called out ones. The church was born on the day of Pentecost, according to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, verses 6 through 8. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. Verse eight. And yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Notice the believers were not speaking in gibberish in this particular text, which is unintelligible or meaningless speech. They spoke in known languages of all the known world that had come in to celebrate from various nations. They heard the gospel in their own language by these believers who were filled with the spirit of almighty God. It was a miracle from God uh, right at the inauguration of the Lord's church. The miracle of Pentecost was the wind of the spirit, which sounded like a rushing mighty wind, filling the house, the whole house. And what looked like flames or tongues of fire settling on each believer. And they spoke in the various languages of the multitude who had come to celebrate Pentecost. In verse one, the scripture says, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And that's most difficult in today's time just to get people to be on one accord in one place to the glory of God in the unity of the spirit. Pentecost means 50th. Pentecost means 50th. It is a New Testament name for the feast of weeks. According to Exodus 34 verses 22 through 23 our harvest harvest in Exodus chapter 23, verse 16. Pentecost is when God, the father sent the gift of the Holy spirit to come upon all believers to permanently indwell them. Again, Pentecost is when God, the father sent the gift of the Holy spirit to come upon all believers to permanently uh, indwell them 50 days after first Sunday following Passover. The Feast of Pentecost was celebrated according to Leviticus chapter 23, verse 15. According to Acts chapter 1, verse 15, it was about 120 believers assembled in the upper room, which constituted the birth of the church on the day of Pentecost and the beginning of the church age. This group of believers on that day were the first fruits of the full harvest to come to the church, to come into the church. Beloved, the church was born on the day of Pentecost and will remain to carry out the mission of the church until the church is raptured to heaven to be with the Lord. According to first Thessalonians chapter four, verses 16 through 17. The preaching of the gospel is to call lost people out of the world into a unique fellowship of those who have been radically transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is so critical. I reiterate that the preaching of the gospel is to call lost people out of the world into a unique fellowship. Of those who have been radically transformed by the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The church, the church, the Lord's church is a community of all believers who are born again. The church is a community of all believers who are indwelt by the spirit of God. The church is a community of all believers who have been redeemed by Christ. Who have been sealed by Christ and baptized by God, the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. Allow me to say that one more time. The church is a community of all believers who are born again, indwelt with the spirit. Redeemed by the spirit of God, sealed by the spirit and baptized by God, the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ, according to first Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. First Corinthians twelve thirteen says, "For by one Spirit, see that capital S there. That's a reference to the Holy Spirit. For by one Spirit, not many spirits, by one Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the third person in the Godhead. We were all baptized into one body. It's only one body of Christ. You know, the body of Christ is not made up by denominations. It's not made up by traditions. It's not made up by, by all of these things. One body." Under the headship of Jesus Christ, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves are free and have all been made to drink into one spirit, the Holy Spirit. What is the purpose of the church? What is the purpose of the church? According to Acts chapter two, verse 42, Acts 242 gives us the purpose of the church. Of uh, The scripture says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. The word doctrine means teaching. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, uh, teaching and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Now, today... Uh, we're going to look at two purposes of the church. There are a number we're going number of purposes we're going to look at, but for the sake of time, we only have uh, time enough for for two today, and we'll continue the next time. This is most interesting and most insightful, and you need to understand the the true significance and meaning and purpose of the church. So today we're going to look at two of them. Number one, the purpose of the church is to teach biblical doctrine. The purpose of the church is to teach biblical Doctrine. If the church is not preaching biblical doctrine, she has lost her purpose. She has actually lost her purpose in Acts chapter two, verse 42. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine. We ought to stay in the word, stay in the doctrine through the best of times and through the worst of times. Well, to stay in the doctrine when we are at home sick, not feeling well, the word of God ought to be priority uh, to us. There ought to be a hunger and thirst for righteousness and for the word of the living God. God holds his church responsible for teaching sound biblical doctrine so we can be well grounded in our faith. Again, let me say that that's so strategic. God holds his church. The church is is a living organism. It is is sacred. It is holy. It belongs to God of which he is the great head. God holds his church responsible for teaching sound biblical doctrine so we can be a well-grounded church in our faith. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14, it says, then we no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. There are a lot of strange teachings out there, a lot of different teachings. And all these teachings can't be right. It's only one truth. It's it's only one truth, beloved. And that truth is in the infallible, inspired, sufficient, authoritative uh, word of the living God. And if you don't have this truth from this Bible in your heart, you'll be tossed and blown around by anybody can knock on your door. Well, that sounds pretty good. That sounds pretty good. Everything sounds pretty good because you don't know truth. People don't know truth. Then it says we will no longer be immature. When you don't know the word, you're immature. You, you can be saved in Christ for 50 years and still be immature because of an insufficiency of the word in your life, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. People can dupe you, deceive you. They'll mix truth and error in there so smoothly until you, you'll bite the bait you bite, you bite the bait. You know, that's how fishes bite. They get caught. They, you know, you can put a little, uh, little worm that, that's not a real worm on, uh, on that hook. And it just looks like the real thing. It's a, it's a, it's a false little thing there, but they grab into it and they get hooked because they thought that was really something to eat. And yeah, it was something to eat, all right, but it was not for them to eat. It was for us to eat. <laughs> People are clever. People are smooth. They're oratorical just because they sound good, look good, smell good, articulate does not mean they are preaching truth. Every book that has Jesus on it is not the truth. Everybody you see on television is not preaching on is not preaching the truth. Everything you hear on radio is not the truth. You have to be like the Berean. You have to search the scriptures to see if these things are truth. When the church does not emphasize sound biblical doctrine, she ends up being filled with adult people who act like immature babies. Get this. When the church does not emphasize sound biblical doctrine, she ends up being filled with adult people. They're grown people who act like immature babies who are selfish. Babies are selfish. The, the, the immature believers act just like they take on the characteristics of little babies. Uh babies are selfish. You know what baby babies do? They put everything in their mouth. And that's what some Christians do. They put everything uh in their hearts. <laughs> uh, uh you know what immature Christians do? They cry. They cry. They whine. You know what? I don't know why I got to do this. Why I have to do that? I don't feel like it. I don't want to make sandwiches for the homeless. That's too far to drive. Why do we have to come out on Wednesdays? I'm comfortable. Why? Why? Just quiet. You need a little baby bottle in your mouth. They whine and they complain. And then they they spread negativities to others. I'm not coming to church, and oh, are you going down there? I don't know if I'm going down there. And then they lead others to doubt whether they should go, and they pass on negativity instead of passing and handing down their faith. You know what babies do? That babies get into everything, and some Christians can't grow up because they're in stuff they ought not be in. You know, they're in conversations they they shouldn't be in. And, and, and you ought to be asking yourself, why am I in this? What is this to me? Babies get in there, everything. You got to watch them. And you know what babies do? They're gullible. They believe everything. People tell them because they are so gullible. Beloved, a church like this is very problematic because church leadership ends up spending their time putting out fires rather than focusing and doing the Lord's work. Churches that focus on sound biblical teaching. Will have fewer problems. I didn't say no problems. Because Satan's gonna make sure you have some problems. You know, anytime you're about the business of God, Satan's lurking around. Believe me, Satan has perfect attendance in the church. As a matter of fact, Satan's Satan's at the church when you're not here. I need somebody to come help me fight the devil. Because he he's here. He's here when you're absent. <laughs> he don't come well, they stay home. I, the people stay home. Well, I'm not I I I uh, I'm going to stay home too. I'm not going to bother. No, Satan comes to church. I need folk to come and help me fight the devil. Amen. Churches that focus on sound biblical doctrine will have fewer problems because the word of God is a restrainer. That's why I teach the word of God. The word of God is a restrainer. Uh, it, it's a restrainer of sin. It keeps sin from running rampant in the church, Run running rampant in your home. It's a restrainer of bad thinking. Bad thinking. And the Word of God will convict you and keep you from thinking badly about others. It, it restrains bad thinking, stuff from 50 years ago, and all these kinds of things. It, it, it restrains a bad attitude. A matter of fact, it'll you know, transform your attitude. And the Word of God restrains bad behavior. You know, it's terrible when there's bad behavior in the Lord's church. And it hinders the work of the church, it impedes the work of the church, and it, it stymies the work of the Lord's church. The word of God is a restrainer. And if you think it's not just remove the Christians who are the light of the world and remove the word of God from people, you think you think things are bad now? It's not as bad as it's going to get, folk. I'm not. I'm not kidding you. The closer we get to the coming of Christ, you say, "Ooh, it's bad out there now." But I, I'm not trying to scare you. But I'm going to tell you the truth. Excuse the English, but you ain't seen nothing yet. And the question is, who will be able to stand? Who will be able to stand? If you can't withstand this, well, what is what's coming our way? You, you better put on the whole arm of God. You better be prayed up. You you better be worded up with the word of truth. And you better be walking in the spirit of God so that you can impact this culture in a way that glorifies God. The word of God is a restrainer. Uh, we need the word of God. We need sound doctrine. Proverbs chapter four, verse two, Proverbs four, two says, for I give you sound doctrine. I like that. For I give you sound doctrine. Do not abandon my instructions. Don't don't abandon the destruction. Don't abandon the word of God. Stay with the truth. Live with the truth. That's right. Digest the truth. Internalize the truth. Grow in the truth. Don't abandon. Because if you abandon the word of God, what what hope do you have? Politics can't keep you. Programs can't keep you. Organizations can't keep you. Stuff can't keep you. Entertainment can't keep you. But the word of God can keep you. Listen at this though. Anyone who abandons anyone who abandons sound biblical teaching does so at his or her own spiritual peril. Did you get that thought? <laughs> anyone who abandons sound biblical teaching does so at his or her own spiritual peril. Second, Timothy four, three also says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound t- doctrine. They don't want to hear it, but wanting to have their ears tickle, you know, feel good stuff. They they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. Teachers that will say what they want them to say. They, they don't want to be convicted. They don't want to hear true. True get too hard they get upset. You know, they, they want ice cream messages, s- sweet stuff, stuff that keep you uh, spiritually diabetic. <laughs> Okay, thank you, Lord, for that analogy. <laughs> and you know, it just make you sick. Too much sweet stuff make you sick. Sick. We need some meat, and you can't even meat you. If you're not on meat, that means you're on milk, and it's bad to have a person in the church forty years still drinking milk. Don't even have even cut teeth yet. That second. Now, the second purpose of the church, and then we'll be done. Okay, but now number two is not short. Now don't think it's over. But but <laughs> the second the second purpose of the church is to provide a place of fellowship for believers. The second purpose of the church is to provide a place of fellowship for believers. The Greek word for fellowship is koinonia. It's koinonia. K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A. koinonia, which means sharing. Corner near means uh, to partnership. Corner near means to have in common with one another. Uh, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have much in common. We're saved by the same Jesus, the same blood. You know, we've been redeemed the same way. Uh, we, we 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 have the same great head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to the same heaven. Amen. Uh, we have a lot in common. Those who receive Jesus Christ become partners with him as well as other believers. We are co-laboring together in the gospel ministry. I need you. You need me. We need each other. I mean, it would be very, very hard if my wife and I didn't have you. Matter of fact, we'd be dead by now because the weight is too, too heavy. We have to have help. And some say, I don't need the church. Oh, yes, you do. You just don't know you need the church. You you need the church. Anything God gives us, we need because God doesn't make accidents. Okay, okay. So those who receive Jesus Christ become partners with him and other believers. Acts chapter two verses forty two verse through forty seven gives us a beautiful picture of fellowship demonstrated by the believing community at Jerusalem. Beloved, there can be no genuine fellowship in the Lord's church until believers in Christ. Are united together in love. We have to be united. You can't have genuine fellowship until you what? You are united together in love. You're united together in faith. Faith. We're, We're united together in in the ministry of encouragement as one body, as one in spirit and purpose, as one in spirit and purpose. Let me just say that again. Uh, Beloved, there can be no fellowship in the Lord's church until believers in Christ are united. Say united, united together in love, faith and encouragement as one in spirit and purpose. Now, listen to this. A divided, fragmented church cannot affect our nation and world for righteousness. That's a big thought. Did you get that? A divided, fragmented church cannot affect our nation and world for righteousness. The church cannot make an impact with all the things we see unfolding before our eyes in the midst of coronavirus and the midst of fear and worry and pain and suffering and, and all of these things. We, we cannot make an impact if we are at odds with one another. If we in here under suspect. If we're looking at everybody cross-eyed in here, if we are fragmented and divided, that's why Satan does everything he can to make little issues, major issues, because he don't want the church to fulfill her purpose on earth. Okay, a divided church cannot affect our nation and world for righteousness. Jesus himself placed a high value on unity as he prayed to the father that the church would be one as he and the father are one. Allow me to say that again. Jesus Christ himself placed a what? A high value on unity as he prayed to the father that the church would be one as he and the father are one. A great passage on, on unity of the father and son being one is found in the gospel of John chapter 17, verses 20 through 22. If you could find it as fast as you can, it sure would be good if you could find it and see what the Bible says there. John 17, 20 through 22. John chapter 17. This is the Lord praying to the Father. Actually, if this passage is the Lord's Prayer. Now, we think, we think in the book of Matthew that that's the Lord's Prayer, but that's, that's the disciples' prayer where he teaches disciples to pray. But in this passage, you really have the Lord's Prayer. In John 17, 20 through 21, it says, look at Jesus praying to the father in the closing days of his ministry. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one. Look, underline that, that they all may be one. Jesus prayed that we be one because he knew what Satan would do in trying to keep the church divided, separated And all broken to pieces look as you father are in me and I in you look underline this, that they also may be one in us, one in us. Jesus prayed again and again that we be one that the world may believe, you know, when we are unit, when we are united front, And we're all saying the same thing, the same way. And we're not focused on politics and we're not focused on tradition and we're not focused on entertainment. We're not focused on clothes and we're not focused on the color of the carpet, the color of the chairs, the color of this, the color of this. We're not focused on all that side stuff. When we are a united front for the kingdom of God, we can make an impact. And when the church speaks, the world will tremble.
0: As Pastor Rander concludes this message, let us commit ourselves to the fruit of the Spirit as given to us in the Word of God love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Let us commit ourselves to giving our best service to God in all that we do. For when we give God's way, as His Word tells us, we will receive in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. If you enjoy this kind of Bible teaching, please join Pastor Rander at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas.